is the VIP Late Lunch with Lee Sterry on the Voice of Niagara, News Talk 610 CKTV. Well, good afternoon. Six minutes after one. Uh, it is Thursday. Uh, it is one o'clock, and that means legal matters. Legal always matters. Uh, but especially here on Thursdays between one and two on the VIP Late Lunch, we're speaking with Chris Richard of Graves & Richard, Niagara's largest personal injury law firm. Uh, people like Chris and myself, Tom McConnell, who just left the studio, and a few others a little bleary-eyed today because we tried to stay up to watch the end of a baseball game last night. Probably the craziest game I have ever seen. <laughs> this, this is this is uh, uh, pending to be a pretty good World Series. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, it's one of those strange years for me where I don't really care that much who wins. I don't either, but I have always had a hard time rooting for the National League. I yeah, no, either. no. I'm American League guy. So, Are you as well? Yeah, and we never talked about that so much. Yeah, and don't the Dodgers have the highest payroll in baseball? So how do you uh, cheer for the highest something. payroll? In baseball? And Houston's uh, they've never won it, have they? No, I don't think so. Yeah. They actually won their first. Last night was their first World Series game win in their history. But it's cool uh, it uh, kicking off in L.A. because anybody that's ever but he like, lives in L.A. right now. So you got Sandy Koufax still there. I, I remember watching him in 1963. Yeah. Uh, what, what it is, he uh, struck out 15 in a row or something like that. It was just uh, just crazy baseball for the Dodgers back then. So I, I'm still, I still kind of have a soft spot for the Astros. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, no, I uh, happy to cheer for them. And a guy like Jose Altuve, how, how oh, do you not cheer? Like, for what him? is he? Four foot three? <laughs> 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 what a ball player! Yeah, it comes up with the home run again last night. Just him uh, and uh, Carrera. Was it Carrera back to back? Yeah, yeah. Crazy yeah. stuff. What a great middle infield. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to Friday for sure. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, in Houston. Okay. Well, I guess we better talk about what we're uh, what we're paid to do. Yeah. Here. Uh, so I I saw just a little glimmer of what you wanted to talk about today. I think you're keeping it a secret. You must want to give me some sort of set of skill testing questions or something. But we're talking about Halloween. Yeah. Or, or okay. Or, or, or sometimes we call it extortion night. <laughs> <laughs> the boo season. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I thought what we would do is uh, I had my my articling student Dion go through and hello, uh, Dion, by the way, <laughs> find all of the interesting cases she could find dealing with Halloween. Oh, goody! So I thought we we're going to scare people into not <laughs> trick or treating now. <laughs> That's right. So I uh, kind of saw some interesting cases. weren't really as many as as we expected to find. Uh, I don't know what that means, but um, but certainly some interesting ways to think about Halloween. Okay. So so one of the ones that I found kind of kind of funny, just so that everyone knows that when I talk about this, I'm being a little facetious about the extortion night. Understood. But, yeah. <laughs> but we actually do have uh, laws in Canada against extortion. <laughs> Section uh, 346 of the Criminal Code. Okay, how does the word... First of all, tell me how the word extortion relates to Halloween. Because make the, make the correlation for me. Because it's really a threat. It's a it's. Oh yeah, give me this, or I'm going to do that. Yeah, give me yeah. a treat, or I'm going to get. Or I'm going to be. I'm going to Bieber your house. That's right. <laughs> So you know when the when the four year olds come to your door and knock on your door, really that's that's what they're saying is uh, give me a treat or or we're going to cause some sort of uh, mischief. Havoc. Right. <laughs> okay. So interestingly, this came up in a case. <laughs> okay. 
so um, it's a, a criminal case, and uh, amazing that this was a reported decision, because I have to tell you the facts. So uh, the accused uh, was caught by the police breaking a cedar fence on a road as a Halloween prank in order to make a traditional Halloween bonfire. So, okay. So he was arrested. So you trash your neighbor's fence to get wood for a fire. Yeah. Okay. So this happened back in 19... Doesn't everybody do that? Yeah. yeah. 1991. And uh, the estimated damage was uh, placed at $6. What? <laughs> yes. So... Obviously, it wasn't a very big fire. <laughs> okay. Six bucks. Six bucks. Yeah. So this issue came up, and uh, and it was raised uh, as an issue, I guess, by the Crown that uh, uh, that he could be charged under Section 346 of the Criminal Code. Now, much to my disappointment, <laughs> uh, the case wasn't decided on that point, so the court didn't uh, wade into whether or not trick-or-treating could be extortion for the purposes of Section 346 of the uh, Criminal Code. Wow. But they did say that they were doubtful. <laughs> That it okay. could be correctly called extortion. <laughs> so we had this case go to court over The case went $6. to court. Yes. How was it adjudicated? How did it end up? Uh, the charges were dismissed. Oh, what a surprise. Uh, but they were dismissed on, on grounds that, I have to confess, I'm not overly familiar with because I'm not a criminal lawyer, but they didn't like some of the police conduct uh Oh no! In, in the process of arresting this individual, so they so here we go. The cops do this. They lay a charge. They, they some police officer has to appear in court over a six dollar uh, piece of wood. <laughs> yes, and and they didn't like the police conduct. Right. So oh, that's got to suck. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all I right. Guess, I guess justice was served, and uh, uh, and the so in a case was... like that. All kidding aside, in a case like that, who ends up paying court costs? Uh, there's no compensation for court costs in a oh, criminal no. proceeding. So, yeah. so you pay your lawyer, they pay their lawyer, and you go your separate ways. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And the, so the taxpayer pays the court costs. Well, half of it, unfortunately, the lawyer for the accused gets paid by the accused. It's one of the, um, I mean, unless you're in a legal aid situation where it's yeah. paid for by the government. Yeah. But, but if you don't qualify for legal aid, no, you pay for it out of your own pocket. <sighs> Yikes! What a waste. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Of course, related to Halloween is the day before Halloween. Yes, where uh, where mischief tends to occur. What did we used to call that? Uh, I've uh, heard something it called Devil's Night. night or what did we I've call heard it called? There's. It'll come to me. Go yeah, ahead. A couple of different names. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, an interesting civil case is uh, there was a car belonging to the plaintiff, and it was stored outside at a repair shop, and the car became the subject of vandalism which somehow they termed as a Halloween prank, but really I think it was just vandalism mm. and window was broken and, uh, and an inflammable object was thrown inside and ultimately the car catching on fire. So I don't view that really as a prank. That seems like vandalism. Pretty, pretty serious, yeah. So uh, the owner of the vehicle brought a claim against the repair shop saying, hey, you're supposed to watch my car, keep my car safe. You didn't. I've sustained these damages. I want you to pay for them. And I thought it was interesting because the judge found for the plaintiff and against the defendant repair shop, and uh, 
basically said because of the night it was, because that night was known for this type of activity. You should have known better. Yeah, should have yeah. known better and should have taken some steps to prevent, to protect the vehicle. So that was kind of an interesting duty in law because it was almost like they were saying you had a duty to anticipate that there was going to be vandalism and, and do something about it. Yeah, we had a few people uh, get a hold of us. Some people said the night before Halloween, uh, Cabbage Night. I've heard that one. Devil's Night, as Chris said uh, earlier. Uh, legal Matters time here. Chris Richard of Graves and Richard. Okay, we're talking about uh, Halloween as it relates to your profession. What's next? Yeah, so then we have some some accidents. So some different types of accidents. Uh, there's one case of St. Louis versus Jeffrey, and this is from 1984. Interesting case that we'll talk about a little bit. I think it might actually be decided differently today. Today, but let me tell you the facts. Okay. So a group of boys were out on Halloween trick-or-treating, uh, so young boys. Uh, they're walking on the side of the road. Uh, one boy s- swung his candy bag at another boy, causing that boy to trip and go out onto the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the defendant, in this case, was driving along the road and uh, ended up striking the boy, and mm-hmm. he suffered a, a broken leg. So some of the other facts uh, that are interesting is uh, the defendant, as she drove uh, close to the boys, saw that they were horsing around. Um, She actually thought that they had thrown a a bag at her. Um, She had the opportunity. She could have slowed down, could have stopped her car, could have actually stopped and said something to the boys. She didn't do any of those things. Okay. She just kind of kept on driving. Uh, In that case, uh, they found that she was not responsible they thought that she was driving her vehicle with due care and attention, and the standard of care didn't require her to be more careful when there's these these boys walking along the side of the road. I I think that case could have went the other way, and it's a little bit fact-dependent. Uh, generally speaking, in law, uh, especially uh, in Ontario, this was actually a New Brunswick case, in Ontario there's actually a reverse onus provision with pedestrians, so it's assumed that the car is responsible. Yeah, we've talked about that on previous shows. Yeah. Uh, the bigger object uh, loses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, basically they have to disprove that they yeah. did anything wrong, so it's assumed that the car is at fault if a car is in an accident with a pedestrian. So I thought that case was interesting in the sense that sitting here from a 2017 perspective, mm-hmm. uh, my opinion would be that that decision probably gets decided the other way today so uh certainly uh cars have to be extra cautious of trick-or-treaters uh especially when you have knowledge that they're out there yeah and 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 of course you can have reasonable expectation uh because it's halloween that there's going to be somebody out there yeah that's right uh so uh a few minutes left. I wanted to talk about uh, some occupier's liability issues. So that's yeah, good good call. Yeah. Um, so occupier's liability is dangerous premises. Uh, people have a, an obligation to ensure that people on their premises are reasonably safe while on the premises. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the wording kind of out of the act. So Halloween is kind of an interesting day in that many people their premises doesn't look the same on Halloween as it does other days of the year. We have people that kind of go uh, And there are total out. strangers wandering onto your property. Yeah, and expected that they're going to be coming and knocking on the door. Yeah. And a fairly high volume as compared to what would happen on any other day. I mean, some neighborhoods, people tell me they get a couple hundred kids uh, coming to their, mm-hmm. their door in a given night. So uh, all the regular occupier's liability rules apply. So your premises have to has to be safe. So if you've got that large trip hazard uh, on your walkway going up to the the front of your house and somebody trips on that, there's no Halloween exception. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, that can be the basis of a cause of action. Um, and that goes both ways, right? I mean, the people, uh, we should maybe take a look at the house just to make sure that everything's safe, make sure that there's a clear walkway for people to get right. uh, up. Remember that kids are wearing masks and all those types of things. Uh, similarly, if somebody's uh, child does get injured on Halloween and uh, seriously injured as a result of a fall, it's worthwhile kind of looking into why did the fall happen and, and sure. is there is there some compensation available. So all of those uh, types of things, clear walkway, uh, you know, people put up all Halloween de- decorations and and um, on the front lawns and things like that. And you need to perceive is any of that going to be a, a hazard? Uh, interesting claims. I haven't seen any of these, but uh, in terms of claims actually being litigated in court, but really interesting to me. Uh, you go to some homes, they've got all these fog machines. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Some you know, people really get into it for yeah, sure. Yeah, but obscuring view and what happens if somebody gets hurt because they can't see where they're going yeah. because of the fog? Yeah. Um, I think I would take one of those cases if it came into my office and somebody was seriously hurt. Question for you. What if, um, and there are those that do not choose, people, homeowners that don't choose to participate right. in Halloween. Uh, most of those people, even if they stay home, uh, they're, the place is dark. They don't have it decorated. There's, you know, it, It's an indication to people that are participating, trick-or-treaters or whatever, it's not welcoming. You're not we're not participating because our house is dark, so we don't want you knocking on our door. What happens in a situation like that if somebody does that anyway and trips over a step or whatever? If there's an unsafe condition on the premises, in my opinion, liability is going to apply whether or not they're participating in Halloween. Okay. Um, the obligation is to keep the premises safe for people entering on it. Mm-hmm. And if and it's reasonable to expect that on that day somebody might attend on the property. Okay. Just like, I mean, honestly, you owe the same duty to the mailman, right? Yeah. Uh, who's yeah. going to come every day. So uh, so it, you don't necessarily have to be an invited person on the premises okay, got it. for the law to apply to you. Okay. Um, Next. So uh, other types of things. Uh, uh, there, there used to be a, a great neighbor that I had in a, in a house I lived on once where he would um, sit uh, dressed up as a, I think he was a scarecrow or something. He'd sit dressed up on <laughs> in his front uh, uh, lawn, and uh, a lot of people of British extraction would uh, be uh, they uh, they call it a guy. It's like Guy Fox Day. They just dress up as this this character. We used to plunk them in our gardens too, because my wife's from London, so she'd make these stuffed people and sit them and scare the crap out of people. Yeah. So 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 this guy. I mean, he was a great guy and had so much fun with Halloween. Um, but it made me think about uh, this as a case. So. He uh, So he sits in this lawn chair in his front lawn, so not on his front porch, but actually in the front lawn, and looks like just a like an ornament. Like a dummy. And yeah. then when a kid comes by, he jumps at them to scare them. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, so p- putting on my no fun legal hat, I, I yeah. said, "Well, what would happen if if he scared somebody so much that they fell down and injured themselves?" <laughs> and and the analysis I would do is, um, I don't think there's an assumption of that risk when you go uh, uh, trick or treating. So, uh, if somebody was injured because of that, uh, I think liability would flow from that. And uh, and could be the base. Well, it's of something to remember. If if it, for people that get a little bit too excited at Halloween at, at your house, just it, keep that in mind. It's a cost benefit analysis, I, I guess. Whether uh, scaring uh, kids <laughs> is worth the legal risk, and uh, having experienced it with this guy, it probably was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's good. That's good. Uh, so, uh, I can picture that. That would be just crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, I guess uh, you know, other legal issues. We we had a show a couple of weeks ago talking about food poisoning and things like that, and uh, mm-hmm. and I think all of those would would still apply to to Halloween if somebody got sick uh, from a particular candy that they were provided. Um, I mean, that would be the manufacturer of the candy, um, but also the person that provided it to them. You you you. From yeah. my perspective, we'd be looking for who's got the insurance policy, so you'd follow sure. kind of all of those steps. Yeah. Uh, and if somebody got really sick because of something they ate, you'd try and track that down. Kind of hard to figure out which house, but if it was something um, unique, right? How, how, does it, how does it work? Um, let, let's say you've got uh, kids out, uh, they're doing pranks. Nothing nothing that you'd, you'd call damaging or, or anything like that. There's, again, scaring people. They, they jump out and they go boo or whatever, and a car goes by and a, an accident happens. Now, a these these uh, these people are minors. They're not they're not adults. Like, what if somebody in a car sort of gets spooked and hits a tree or something? Yeah. Like that? What about something like that? Yeah, actually, one of the cases uh, we had uh, out of BC that uh, we haven't talked about was kids jumping out and throwing eggs at a at a vehicle. Yeah, on yeah, because this happens, or used to happen at least, quite a bit. Yeah, and in that case, the um, so an accident ensued. So kids jump out, throw eggs at a vehicle. The vehicle swerves, ends up hitting another vehicle. And the court had to analyze the liability. I found it interesting in that they attributed 50% of the fault to the kids who threw the eggs and 50% of fault against the defendant's vehicle. So they were critical of what the vehicle did How he did handled after, it, yeah. Which isn't normally what they do in law. Once you're placed in kind of a situation of emergency or danger, you tend not to be criticized for how you get out of yeah, it. But, yeah, um, But in this case, they found that the driver was 50% responsible and the kids 50% responsible. And... In terms of that, um, the interesting question for me is, would that be a covered loss under the kid's insurance policy? So remember we talked about anytime mm-hmm. you have a homeowner's policy, mm-hmm. a standard part of the homeowner's policy is uh, liability coverage yeah. that covers everyone living in the household. So it's an intentional act to throw the eggs at the car, but obviously a very unintentional result consequence of yeah. it. Uh, so would that be covered? I suspect it probably would be covered under the policy, but an interesting... But it would still come back on mom and dad's uh, insurance. Insurance, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, from my perspective, the important part is always making sure that the injured person has has compensation. So without taking uh, 100% of the fun uh, <laughs> out of Halloween, um, what are some things that uh, are the main thing that parents should think about when they are taking the kids out of their children, go out trick-or-treating or whatever? Yeah, well, I think uh, you know the general rules apply in terms of, of liability and in terms of being Halloween, careful. in other words, is just another day. Just another day. So there's no Halloween exception to the law. And uh, if your property is not safe, then that can be a, a means uh, for someone to make a claim for damages. If someone gets injured, you should always be looking, just like any other day, right. as, to, as to whether somebody else might be at fault for that. And in terms of vehicles on the road, again, 
vehicles always driver have to be, beware have to be careful of pedestrians every day and halloween is no exception in terms of civil liability okay chris thanks always a pleasure thanks uh see richard at gravesandrichard.com if you want to contact chris directly that's legal matters for this week in the vip late lunch